A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Black Bear Podcast. You're on episode 61. Um, who's on a pod? Who's on a pod? Damo. <laughs> Mr. Yo, 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 Damo. <laughs> Lockdown still continues. Topper, how you doing? I'm alright, man. Chilling. Um, yeah, I was I was recording underneath a duvet, but I was about to pass out, so I'm not doing that anymore. So I hope you, this is what I we, hope you guys can hear me clearly. Yeah, we can uh, hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. This is what we do for you people, man. We go we go on the duvets just to ensure Trust. that sound quality is is decent <laughs> in this, this lockdown period. Trust. But yeah, what you guys been on? See, I let you. I let you go first. Um, NS ten v ten. <laughs> That's what I've been on. What's been your favorite clash so far? Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I. Do you know what I enjoyed? Kojo versus J House. Um, yeah. for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I enjoyed it because, like, obviously, I think w- when you're um, enjoying something with the timeline, it increases the enjoyability, if that's the word. Um, yeah. And I human. think every track that the um, the person who was selecting for J-Hart, most of the tracks that she picked, the responses were finishing me because it was like, this is not top tier, J-Hart. Um, <laughs> And so for that reason, he lost the battle, which is that damn painful. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, was like, happy, I think most people Tough think. Mask. Yeah, most people think going into it is 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 easy. It's a J half win, but um, it, it it reminded me that Kojo has some bangers. Um, yeah, even though I'm a and it's, it's not necessarily fan, the tunes you play, but it's, it's who's selecting the tunes. Yeah, and, I think the sequencing is important as well. Yeah, yeah. Like what yeah. way you the tracks? Like what what round and stuff. So what did you guys have for yeah. um, uh, Africa versus Caribbean Wars? Vibes versus um, versus Whiskey? Look at the propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come and spread that hair, you know. Don't come and spread that hair. Um, hey, one body, it, one body. It's true, it's true. I gave it... Um, no, I didn't give it to... It was a, it was a draw in my, in my estimation. 5-5. Um, okay. five, five. Wiz, um, I think, to be fair, to be fair, both started strong. Um, both yeah. started strong but I think as the kind of pressure started mounting um, on the two selectors they both kind of just kind of got thrown off kilter particularly after rounds yeah. after round six so I remember going into going into the break at half time I think I had it three two vibes mm-hmm. I think I had it three two vibes and I was like selector next tune because I think it was Wiz was coming in first after half time Mm. Come out, play energy, straight equalizer. That you're not, he's not, he's not beating it. And then I can't remember what she she played R two B's. Fam, that's a banger. Are you crazy? Right, slow down is slow down is cool. Slow yeah, down. the Ghanaians have already pledged their allegiance to Jamaica. <laughs> so who are you, who are you trying to win over? Nah, they them single votes. Yeah, get me. So um yeah that I, I didn't understand that but yeah I it was just it was in terms of um enjoyability 
The word is definitely enjoyment, but we're going to run with enjoyability. Um, it, it was a good one. It was a nice throwback. Gave me, gave me kind of just like throwback to yeah, the house party vibes. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, um, and yeah, just it was, it was, it was like you said, nice to enjoy with the teal. Favorite clash of mine. Sorry, I think it was Dizzy and Kano. You know. Yeah, I think Ooh, I might. That was a good one. One. My favorite is my favorite banter has been was Buster and Missy Elliott, but Kano Dizzy was my favorite. Just because you got to give flowers to Kane Robinson, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nah, fact, fact, I can't remember what, what people scored it. I think it was maybe something like seven three Kano. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was something like that. Something like that. So I, that was seven three or six four. I had it a bit. Yeah, I had it a bit closer. Still, I had it a bit closer. No, no, still. no, no, no. You, you couldn't have because when when that person played Dreams. I said, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were bettering. No, but like, can't like, stop that, start that. Um, Get that I back. love you. Come on. Just, that yeah. just, people, I just don't think people appreciate how how seminal a moment Boy in the Corner dropping was for UK music. But, Chad, this isn't a music podcast. Um, Mary, <laughs> to be fair, we didn't actually get your take on, on, on um, Wiz Vibes. So let us know how you scored it. Um, I think I had it. I think it was six four. I was I was I was going back and forth between six four five five. Um, but yeah, mm. it was it was definitely. I think just the creativity from the There's No Signal guys, just to create something like that. The whole sure. timeline is there. Like over a million people are locked in from bunch of hunt like bunch of countries. Like yeah, it was it was it was fun to engage with. I think some of I didn't know that. So I think someone tweeted something like, "Does Vibes not do Christian music?" Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was I was thinking, me, "Wow, <laughs> like after the one hundred of them, I had to mute the song and say, "Please, next round." Uh... But no, it was just, just to be able to like, yeah, it was a great, much needed break as well. Like, see what mm, we're going through, sure. just, just being able to come together and let music be one of the many gifts that God gives us to to enjoy and and and, and yeah, banter with as well. So yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Uh, I was I was saying to somebody this morning, just one of my work was like, it's been in terms of the weekends that we've had so far in lockdown, that was definitely one of the more enjoyable ones because we had what well, we had Burner vs. Popcorn on Friday night as well. And that one was that one was just <laughs> that one was just good vibes for the whole evening. Yeah. It was just like sweet music for the whole evening. So that one that one was enjoyable. Um otherwise, how's everybody's kind of quarantine been, been chilling, been busy? Same old, same old, man. Um, yeah, same old, same old. I, I think it's it's weird. Like, I feel like in lockdown, I'm, I've got more work to do, if that makes sense. Like, I okay. feel like um, I'm far more busier than I was outside of lockdown, which is a bit rattling. But, yeah, same for walls. Um, so, <laughs> can't complain. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's because you can't get out of things as well. So, like, my manager will be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this in for seven. You can make it, right? And you'll see... Well, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I, I've got only a few excuses to wigging me out of it. So like, I think, right. yeah, the 5 p.m. cutoff point for most of us, not Danny, but for most of us, it just gets shifted and shifted and shifted. So, um, yeah. Danny, how, how, you, how are you coping? What have you been up to? Yeah, man. Um, quarantine, has, quarantine has been good for me. It was much busier with work, um, particularly at the start of the lockdown period. So I had uh, two fairly sizable deals close kind of end of March. Um, early April in the last kind of week in particular it's, it's definitely slowed down um, a little bit so I'm just finding more time to enjoy kind of downtime so I've been doing a lot of reading 
um, as well as kind of reading the scriptures, just personal reading. So I thought to myself, because I actually went to the, before before lockdown began, I visited the Black Cultural Archives in Brixton. Um, oh wow! We I, we went to it for for a um, for a work event at least because we were seeing how we can integrate um, the Black Cultural Archives with some kind of Black History Month projects that we're trying to run later on this year. Uh, obviously, Corona permitting now, um, and so I kind of thought this would be a good opportunity to just kind of read some Black um, some Black authors, um, their classics. Um, so I am currently working my way through Maya Angelou's um, "I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings." And that's just like a kind of um, um, amazing, um, almost biographical look at her life in kind of 1920s, 30s America, um, growing up in the South um, with, her, with her younger brother, having been kind of disowned by her, her biological parents in one sense. And so being raised by her grandmother, incredibly yeah. um, descriptive and just kind of seeing the kind of racial dynamics um, at play, you know, between, as she calls them, the poor white people. Um, and her as a kind of disenfranchised kind of black woman, um, very graphic in parts as well. She's she's really mm. going into detail about her life. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed that so far. Flip side, been also reading some essays by Chinua Achebe. Um, and again, just very, very enlightening, learning more about like, the Biafra War, um, how he kind of understands Nigerian nationality, Africa's place in the world. And those essays, I think, were mostly written in the kind of the 90s. Um, so it would be interesting, I mean, now, if you mm. if you were alive to hear what his takes would be on kind of Nigeria's uh, place in the world um, yeah. and Africa more generally. So, yeah, it's been it's been just quite an enjoyable period. Like I I have spent more time with family, um, mm. which has been good. It's up to be fair. It's only me, my mom and my dad. But I was thinking about it like I've not spent this much time with my parents probably since college. And that's what like over 10 years ago um sure, so it's you're sure your age trust but now it, it has been it has been good to it has been good to to just spend time with family and and yeah i i haven't i haven't found it as difficult as some people maybe find it. i've actually quite enjoyed it um because mm. the, the, the pace of life has slowed down a little bit which is which is nice which is nice but mm. yeah hope, hopefully it doesn't pick up too soon with work and stuff i'm not anticipating it will do but we'll see we'll see Sha. um yeah. but yeah um Today, tonight, depending on when you're listening, this afternoon. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> Morning, night. Morning, afternoon. night, and afternoon. Um, maybe, wait, that's how work runs for me, isn't it? You're there in the morning, <laughs> finish in the evening. Um, but yeah, today, today's podcast, um, we're, we're going to be just addressing, obviously, if you're, if you're on kind of social media slash the Twitter sphere, um, you would have seen what's been kind of taking place in the last kind of week or so, um, just in terms of kind of um, the, the, the melee that, that ensued um, over historical tweets being, being brought up for you know, particular individuals in the black Twitter space um, and how that has kind of influenced you know, um, in the aftermath, the positions, the, the kind of respect almost of certain kind of social media influences, personalities, mm. Um, there has just kind of been a lot, a lot taking place. Um, but question for, for you guys, actually, because I don't actually know how this whole thing really, really started. Where did the whole, what was the big bang in terms of this, this, um, Sprinkle cake. yeah, this, this whole, yeah, what happened? 
sprinkle cake. Timus, I'm going to give my um my version <laughs> of it. Oh, people now start All right, go ahead, go ahead. You missed this. You missed this. <laughs> um, but no, I think it started. Someone was talking about cake. You know, you know, like um, there's been a lot of like get money bag in this side hustle times, and I someone was that. talking about like a cake by a guy that was thirty pounds, and people were saying, oh, that's too expensive. Thirty pounds for a sprinkle cake is too expensive." And then someone just tweeted something along the lines of, "You guys are saying thirty pounds is too expensive, but your favorite cake baker is selling cakes." for this amount and she's anti-black and has said racist tweets her and her boyfriend or something something to that effect and people right. are like whoa whoa and then as as they always do there's always one person who's got a folder of screenshots just released some old screenshots of her and her boyfriend um insult insulting dark skin girls um i think there were some rape tweets as well like crazy stuff like that and yeah timeline just started scattering and then more and more screenshot surface of old tweets other people who, who who revealed some of these tweets as well so yeah and that was it a lot long days yeah it was, it was a bit messy it was really really messy i, I think well i was even scared to tweet man because you know the <laughs> like you might just say something and then someone says ah oh, like uh, but you said this in uh, bro i uh yeah. mate i think i stayed off the timeline that week but... i think nigerian twitter call it call it trailer jam <laughs> you're, the you're, there, you're there you're there you're there getting yourself involved and then this you um, yeah no. exactly so it was all a bit mad but okay so before we kind of get into how that whole kind of um situation unfolded i thought it would be particularly interesting to kind of hear um from the black women um in the black maria team and kind of hear your kind of experiences with a personal or anecdotal um, of colorism, um, whether whether you are on the kind of Twitter sphere when a lot of these, because a lot of these tweets seem to kind of come from kind of 2010 to 2012, and then mm. obviously ongoing. Um, but yeah, like how how has kind of colorism impacted you growing up? Um, so let's kind of run it back before we kind of get to what happened, say last week. Yeah, sure. I think I think my early experiences. And I always, we, I had discussed a lot of my friends that like the biggest proponents of, of colorism tend to be our parents. Because like, I remember like aunties saying, oh, you know, she's so fair. She's so pretty. You know, don't bath, don't bath with too much hot water. You're going to get dark. Don't stay out in the sun. Stuff like that. So I, I got that growing up. And then, but in my secondary school experience, maybe it's because I went to like a, a, a girl, all girls secondary school, 80% of us was black that I just thought we were all very much various shades of brown but I never noticed that I was darker skinned and I remember like maybe I was 20 21 and start shopping with my friend and and she must have mentioned something like oh you should get this makeup maybe you should get this foundation or something but then she was like oh they might not have your 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 shade and then yeah just suggested I was dark and I was thinking wow so swear like I'm dark (laughs) um and I think that was the the first time and I think that when I started to think through it started to have knock-on effects of how I perceive like desirability attractiveness how you know, mixed race girls were, were, were deemed as, as the prettiest girls, or she's a lighty, she's a lighty. Um, and yeah, and I think that's when it started to, to almost go through my mind of, of yeah, like how I perceive myself, insecurities, um, confidence, all these other things that I think is, is largely impacted because of colorism. Mm. So, what would you say? Um, yeah, I think um, going to a um, mixed school um where we were around guys a lot and um yeah i often heard um guys refer to 
um, some of the girls as blick or um, comment um, on the fact that a woman or a girl at the time is not attractive because um, of the complexion of her skin. Um, I think at the time it was just very much um, the accepted culture in a sense. So obviously, like you would turn around to the guys and be like, "Okay, cool, like why are you being?" Um, and this is going to be a throwback term. Why, why are you being bad man? Um, but other than that, like, other than that, like in terms of like the outrage that you see about it now, um, I don't think that was present back then. Which is why I think a lot of um, people were able to get off tweets like this in. 2010, 11, 12, um, yeah, even up until 2016, to be honest. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I remember um, a lot of the guys referring to girls uh, in that way. Um, and I think, obviously, as I'm seeing this happening on the timeline, like, I'm having to actually sit in deep, like, what was I doing in 2011? Um, or even, like, earlier than that, because I think, when did I leave secondary school? 2009. Um, and I think, yeah, I... I as I said, because it was the, the accepted culture, there's not much pushback on it. Um, right. Even though you might personally think that it's wrong, um, the kind of outrage that you see on the timeline now is not what you, you saw back then. Um, so, yeah. And I, I assume that's perhaps because people didn't know kind of much better. Um, and I guess maybe as, <laughs> as Mary has, has alluded to, if that has kind of been ingrained... Um, in your psyche from kind of discussions that you kind of have with parents and they seem to legitimize that kind of chat um, when you're 10 or so years younger you're less likely to kind of speak up about it than you would than you would do now um, where you're yeah more because as, as well it is well because like I guess now we're quote-unquote enlightened um, and um, think pieces are being written about colorism um, mm. I see what, what you did there top what? Sorry, he said, what he said enlightened. Enlightened, that made me laugh. Fam. Double, double <laughs> entendre. They forget. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You man, enlightened. You man, are, you man are trying to get me cancelled. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Dr. Uma would not be happy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, continue, continue. No, Mary. Uh, <laughs> continue, continue. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, no, no. Bro, you're being enlightened. No, no, it's good. <laughs> Oh yeah, so we, we, we kind of um we kind of know or we assume we know what's at the root of when people are saying, you know, when people are speaking against darker skinned women. Um and I think obviously with the introduction of like um Lupita into like mainstream and the conversations around um her beauty, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, um, we are more aware um of kind of what the society society and pop culture feeds us as beauty. Um, and so I, uh, we might get onto this later. Sometimes I think it's a bit harsh to judge um, our ten years ago self on kind of like what we know now. Right. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't take away from the fact that the tweets were were left field. They they, they right. weren't, um, and the culture at the time wasn't okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, it's, I it's... think. Sorry, Go ahead, Mary. Sorry, I was just gonna say. Um... Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's easy to um, forget how immature we were, how young we were. Um, and I think now, because of the outrage of the council culture period that we're in, it even kind of emphasises the need to get people out of it. But I, I think you can you can be against like council culture uh, as it tends to just try and remove people from society. But I, I think you can also be angry at the, at the, the damages that colorism and, and to an extent, texturism 
has on on women like just and i think people can say oh no we we just used to think like that but it does spill over into into how we view ourselves like desirability as i mentioned before self-worth mental health health microaggressions that we receive at work you know beauty identity um education like all these other things have are are impacted because of colorism so it's easy Mm. to be like oh it was just 10 years ago and we don't think like that anymore but you can still see that it does have present day effects on how we view black women Mm. so sorry just it was just dawning on me mary that was um very very true um what i wanted to kind of just because it helps to have kind of definitions um, just so I guess everybody's kind of on side with us when we're thinking about what colorism is. This is not a Google definition. This is literally one that I'm thinking about as I'm speaking. Would you guys agree that colorism would be, say, preferential treatment given to, um, in particular, in particular for 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 black women, it would be preferential treatment given to one um, shade of black woman in comparison to another? Because I, I don't know if it kind of works in the reverse way. We've been speaking about it particularly from the perspective of dark-skinned black women. Um, but I feel like I have seen some people kind of say, oh, here's a, you know, a light-skinned women can be prejudiced against or discriminated against, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, but does that kind of, so kind of preferential, preferential treatment given to one kind of shade of, of black women in comparison to yeah, others, is that cool? Yeah, I, I think I think that's accurate. I think um, it, although it can be seen in the, in the quote-unquote reverse, Mm. Um, I think we just have to be honest and say that, like, um, yeah, it's typically um, it's favouring of the lighter skin, um, right. and I think that's not just in our generation. I think that that's seen in like generations before, right. um, in terms of the house Negro. Um, yeah. I wanted yeah. to hear another term, but I couldn't. No, no, right. just talk, 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 your, talk your stuff. That's interesting yeah. because that that really um, alludes to the kind of historical baggage that is attached to this conversation. Um, and I guess before, I imagine on the day that a lot of this stuff was kind of unfolding, you could, um, I'll ask the question, did any of you kind of run back through your Twitter history and think, oh, do I have any um, kind of old tweets that might get me out of here? So let me let me delete them. You can, you can say yes or no. Boy. No, the, the funniest thing is that, so I've already done like a cleansing, but whereas I right. wasn't, I believe in journaling. Like I don't tweet a lot anyway. Um, okay. But there was still certain terms I was looking for just to, just to double check. But I had, right. there's no way they can get me out of here but the right, funniest right. thing is my friend so she messaged me saying I think we need to de- delete this I think you need to, we need to delete this tweet so she had tweeted something that, that's basically a racist statement and I had replied, right. and said, replied to it and said racist as I tweeted it back to her so she's deleted her tweet but my retweet is still present so she was right. like can you delete the retweet and I was like no like you're going to get cancelled in three years time and right. then I finally deleted it but yeah like certain terms I had to quickly search. Um, but yeah, what, what were those terms, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. But the thing, <laughs> is, the thing that my friend was telling me is that a lot of people have actually deleted the tweets, but people have actually taken screenshots. So if, yeah. if you've deleted your tweet from five years ago, but I just happened to have the screenshot, you can't really do much about that, can you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that, that, that kind of speaks to, like, how some of the um, cancelling was kind of framed in my mind it was almost like you've always had an issue with this person you've just been waiting for the moment to kind of grab this screenshot from your archive and dash it onto the TL um, yeah. and this this seemed like the the optimal time so right yeah. right no I was just going to say I guess from my perspective thinking about about kind of instances of colorism 
um, I, around, the, I guess, the time that the, the majority of these tweets were kind of um, surfacing from, um, I don't, I don't really feel like I, I was in circles or um, witnessing. Certainly, on like I've been on Twitter maybe for come what eight years, and I barely do it anyway. So it's like. I don't think I saw too much of that kind of taking place. And that's not to deny that it wasn't happening. Cause I think that's another part of the conversation that has been taking place is that mm. just because you don't see it, um, it doesn't mean it's not occurring. And, um, mm. I'll, there's an, there's an anecdote from a story I saw on the, on the TL that I guess we'll, maybe we'll get into in a bit. Um, but even thinking further back than that in kind of secondary school, where I think, uh, a lot of people's kind of, um, kind of understanding about kind of beauty, self-worth, dignity is being formed those tended to be the kind of stories that people were um, kind of relaying, um, as well as perhaps some people later on into college and university life. And like, I have to admit, like, um, I think the circles that I was in, um, boys and girls, I also went to a mixed school. I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of that. And um, it wasn't prevalent really at all. I think mm. that's partly because um, the black girls that, went to my secondary school were very, very well respected because they were academic. Um, so they were top of the class. Um, and just from that kind of kind of perspective, you couldn't chat to them because they either had the quick wit or you knew they were beating you up when this or sir asked the question. You know them ones? And I guess this is kind of beside the point, but some of them had older brothers that could fight, et cetera, et cetera. So people were people were very <laughs> people were very cautious in terms of how they spoke to them. But I guess even mm. now that I think about it, right, your academic intelligence doesn't doesn't define your self-worth in that sense. Mm. Um, so that, w- that would not have been a reason for me to not have been colorist, right? Um, and I, I guess mm. we'll kind of go kind of deeper into into kind of how, how we should now be reframing our minds and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that would, I would say, is my kind of personal experience, um, kind of historically. When we're thinking about how the um, kind of melee unfolded um, on 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 Twitter, how did you kind of how did you what did you make of the responses that were taking place? So you know, um, certain kind of say social media influencers being the target of of particular backlash, or um, like you said, like you know, some people were almost kind of pouncing on mm. people who were doing the people who are doing cancelling so you're you're cancelling somebody for somebody to now come and cancel you cancel yeah, yeah. it was it was a whole a whole madness how, how how did you kind of witness that unfolding or did you at all um i think personally um i'll say this time and time i'm just not, i'm not a fan of the process right um i'm not a fan of using that as an as a medium to kind of like um call people out um Especially because I, I feel like, especially in that, how it unfolded last week, it just seemed like it wasn't to have a conversation, but just to get people out of it. Um, and I think we'll, we'll go on to it um, probably a bit later, but it's kind of like some of these guys um, and some of the women as well um, have not only apologised, but they've changed their behaviour. Um, and so it's like, why are you rehashing the same content? Um, and so, yeah, I, I wasn't really a fan. Um, of the process, it, it kind of felt more like a, a witch hunt, if that makes sense. Um, right. And trying to get specific popular uh, or public figures um, out of here, especially like there was one instance where um, these guys just went on a rampage and they were trying to find out where this 
um, woman works. Um, yeah. And I think they ended up like emailing KPMG, and I think KPMG emailed them back saying that person's never worked there. So what's our own? Do you get what I mean? But yeah. like seeing the extent that people will go to, it was yeah, it didn't feel it. It just didn't feel right. And so for a lot of last week, I kind of just came off Twitter because it was just draining. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it it reminded me of just how how we love power and how I think we're all naturally drawn to the idea of cancelling someone or cancelling people because it makes us feel as if we're in control. Um, mm. So for me, it was, it was just, it was seeing just the, the like, okay, we get this pain, there, there was an offence, you know, people need to apologise, but I think people are almost gleeful to see, um, yes, I can finally tear her down or I can finally remove him from his platform. And it, and it was like the control and, and I think people were, were very, very, like showing themselves um, and yeah, just doing a lot of things for clout, doing a lot of things for, for, for retweets. And for me, it didn't have, some people's tweets were being resurfaced. I've actually already apologized. And, and as Tope mentioned, actually trying to change their behavior and, and we're just rehashing it again. And, and the end isn't for, for a changed behavior or the end isn't for to see them improve as a, as a person, but just to, just to remove them from their platform and remove them from their position. So for me, you, you just saw like, yeah, like this is just, this is not nice at all. Um, yeah, and mm. I, I just had to disconnect and I was just thinking, yeah, y'all, y'all people were crazy. <laughs> I mean, did you engage with it at all? No, nah, I'd be off Twitter more time. <laughs> um, just come for the Black Brewery retweets. And... <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, to be honest, um, so I got, my attention got drawn to it because somebody hit me up, I won't say who, somebody hit me up like, you ever have to go on your Twitter and just delete your old tweets? And I'm like, uh, no, nah, not really, because I don't really be tweeting like that. But I said, um, so I was looking, I was looking, I, I'd caught wind of what was taking place, but like, because I've been just more, more, more generally not being as close to my phone, um, I was kind of doing a lot of catching up. And um, I was just like, yeah, this is a good reminder of why it's good to take breaks, particularly in this period from social media. Mm. Um, because in one sense where reality right now is kind of distorted and so every um every event is something that everybody can participate in and you're just getting so much kind of visceral reaction um to to these to these kind of tweets um unfolding and stuff like that and it just felt very very unhealthy um mm. and for that reason yeah didn't didn't want to um didn't want to participate and and i think T made the point earlier, like in one sense, almost being like afraid to tweet. And this, this is, I guess, an issue for me because I was thinking: is one is Twitter the forum for this kind of conversation to unfold? Mm. Personally, probably not, because two hundred and eighty characters isn't sufficient necessarily for the historical baggage that is attached to a conversation of this nature. But then, actually, I was also like, the reason why I wouldn't want it because I've seen some people be like, oh, but you know. Certain people were trying to address it. Certain people were just trying to uh, discuss their own kind of trauma, etc. Some people just didn't have the range. But the reason why I was particularly concerned to perhaps have this conversation on our platform is because what kind of worries me about conversations of this nature, particularly that are for that are formational for how people understand themselves um, and potentially, like you know, their their psychology, is that the gatekeepers of these conversations. Um, more time are not necessarily like people from Christian backgrounds or they don't, they don't speak with kind of scriptural um, mm. perspectives. And so while we have brilliant kind of academics, sociologists and stuff on Twitter, a number of whom 
um, you know, were, were very, very, very uh, prominent in while that kind of conversation was taking place. Um, I guess, like I was saying, just in terms of kind of understanding colorism from the perspective of, of, of not just appreciating somebody because they're academically brilliant, um, the, the reasons why we appreciate why certain things are wrong, why certain things are right, and why somebody has dignity or they don't, um, mm. is it is important, I guess, for us to engage it. So yeah, maybe not um, on like on a, a back and forth on Twitter because there were so many of those. And to be honest, I'm me. I don't like stress. Um, if I see if I see a friend of maybe like more than like five tweets, I'll close it. Like, I'm, I'm like, not oh. here for all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, like, even um, go, Mary. Yeah, even tweeting just gives me stress. Like, I just yeah. I I just want to tweet something. And I'm just like, I just delete it. And I'm like, I, I, and even my mentor yeah. laughs. He's like, oh, like yeah. And I just I just tell people all the time. People just need more journaling. Just whatever you think, just go and journal it. Because mm. yeah, just journal. Right, right. Get that off your chest. But yeah, not everything needs to be <laughs> shared on the timeline. Um, One day there will be um, all of our drafts will be exposed. Um, <laughs> I ain't got no drafts. I delete my drafts. <laughs> that would be a great day. That would be a great day. But now, more, more, more. I guess, I guess, so branching out of that kind of conversation more generally on um, on kind of what kind of started it. Um, just speaking more about kind of cancel culture. What what can we seeing what unfolded last week what can we learn about cancel culture what does it kind of tell us about ourselves as as human beings um about uh, society this is like take your time to it's a very broad justice. question i think we love justice and i think i was seeing aspects of our personhood and i was thinking wow like we are really made in the image of god like i've seen people saying no they have to pay for what they did and, and i was thinking wow mm. like <laughs> we are we really are people that are are vengeful and want things that are right to be right and we want things to be corrected and redressed and I was seeing a lot of people um angry and and some people were rightly angry because they're seeing like um things that are, that are evil um but it was just in all of us we all have um uh a, yeah a, a moral compass that that thinks of good and evil we know things are wrong we know mm. things are a lot of people were saying oh you know I was 16 I didn't know what I was thinking but it's like nah you knew what you were saying was bad you, you did um and right. I think for me it was just another reminder of the fact that even the, the unbeliever wants good to be good mm. and they want bad to be punished and they want good to be upheld. And you were seeing that in, in council culture, the reason why people want to counsel others is because they feel like what you've done is wrong. You should be punished for that. And I was thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Like, where did you get that from? And it was, yeah, showing again that we're, we're made in the image of God and that we do reflect mm. the attributes as we uphold um, good and denounce evil. Mm. Word, um, word. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree with Mary. Um, I think where I've always kind of um, struggled with cancel culture, and I've, I've probably um, said this before, um, is just the the inability to forgive um, and kind of and, and move on from that. Um, I don't know how how well the cancel culture speaks to that. Um, and yeah, as Mary was saying, I think consequences um, are an important part of justice. Um, and I think mm. there are consequences for the for the ways in which people um, speak, uh, for the ways in which people act. Um, yeah, but in instances where someone has acknowledged their wrong, so it's not like they're just denying it, denying it, denying it, and then they get found out. But when they've acknowledged their wrong um, and then turned around and asked for forgiveness or um, apologized on the on the timeline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, 
um, when I see that as a society, we're not so quick to extend that person grace. For me, that's concerning. Mm. Um, yeah, it, 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 it kind of makes me want to run in the opposite direction to cancel culture, if that makes sense. Right. I, I mean, one of the, the more interesting, um, even kind of bizarre things about it is that you then had people kind of um, scrutinising the sincerity of apologies and um, kind of give an audit on whether this person had meant it genuinely. Did they say mm. um, the appropriate term of this ethnic group, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And um, I think you both made um, wonderful points there just in terms of one seeking justice. Um, but they like, yeah, the pursuit of justice, like the, the, the degrees to which people were going to make sure that, you know, there was recompense for people's, I guess we can call them sins, right? Because, um, those those evil words being spoken were um, mm, mm. certainly didn't glorify God. Um, mm. They people people were going to the utmost degree, like you're saying, going to email somebody's employer, which actually isn't even an employer, um, and absolutely agree that I guess that kind of reveals something about the the image of God within all of us um, that does have a moral compass um, between right and wrong, and and does in one sense seek um, justice for 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 wrongdoing. I guess another an aspect an aspect of it um that it kind of made me um just appreciate is just like i don't know i th- i think this is this is a, a rule i kind of live by um and i try to at least anyway is just being in one one sense being more kind of like how would i describe it be be privately concerned does this make sense be privately concerned about your own sin more mm. so than you are publicly about the sins of others. Mm. Um, Say that again. That's a word. That's a word. That's a word. I said, <laughs> be more privately concerned about your own sin than you are publicly about the sins of, of others. And that's not to say, mm. I guess, that you can't not not to say that you can't speak out against sin because you know the Bible makes it clear that particularly in the context of the church, there will be times when that's necessary. Mm. Um, but w- one of the things that kind of last week's episode kind of revealed was just that everybody um, sins. Um, mm. everybody fall short and whether people want to accept it or not I mean some people wanted to kind of jump on here jump on the kind of Twitter Twitter sphere and they've probably they've done their clean once you've cleaned out your tweets you can now come and join in the alright this person send them to the gulag like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done your you've done your audit of your tweets and then you're like mm. right, cool, good to go now but it, it just kind of revealed that even for the people who are pursuing justice, they didn't recognise that their, their own justice, their own comeuppance was just around the corner. Yeah. Like you said, mm-hmm. somebody's just waiting in the pocket to show you your own sin. Um, yeah. And for that reason, that's why I think it was also important um, to kind of extract yourself from it, right? Because um, it, it's good, I think, that we're, we're seeing the need for um, some, some internalising and reflection because it just makes you think, boy, um, I may not have been out there whiling about the way you know dark-skinned women look or overemphasizing the beauty of this particular um, hue of black women um, or um, you know dis- being discouraging about light-skinned women etc yeah um, but it does re- it does really reveal um, I think the way it certainly unfolded that each of us each of us has um, 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 sins that we will be accountable for right and particularly mm-hmm. because of that it should make us in a real sense, just kind of slow to speak because you kind of look at it and you go, boy, 
not, not just because somebody can pull up on me about my own sins. Ultimately, what we have to appreciate that that all sin is a sin primarily because it's against God. Um, even though it has like, even though it has horizontal impacts, it, it affects people. Sin is at its most grievous because um, it offends God, who is holy and just. Um, and I, and I just think that's perhaps something that that people who are keen to kind of jump on other people's backs about about their previous tweets just weren't recognizing until mm. somebody popped up in their mentions like this you type thing. Um, mm. So yeah, that that. And, that's, and I, I I think in the in the way that Twitter is set up, especially um, how we were using it back then, um, it was almost I was about to say you were encouraged to, but it was almost um known for you just to be tweeting the whole day um mm. and you would be tweeting kind of like whatever comes to your mind um and i think there's a, there's a proverb that says kind of like in the multitude of words sin is not lacking and so there's no surprise mm. that people can go back and yeah. find a problematic tweet somewhere so i think yeah that's just to echo what you were saying in terms of like it should remind us to be slow to speak um, as Mary was saying, it's not everything that you think that you should put on the timeline. Sometimes pick up that journal, <laughs> write it down, and if in five years you come back and see, oh, how I thought then was problematic, just tear the page. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or at least, if, at least you can see your own sanctification in that sense. You can see, okay, like, I thought this way at this point, um, and now I don't think that way anymore. Um, and I yeah. think that there's that 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 is true for a lot of us. There, there are ways that we were thinking, even in our Christian years, um, that were problematic. Um, sure. And yeah, thanks be to God that we have Christ and sanctification is ongoing. We don't think that way anymore. And so um, I, I would never want to be in a position where someone's um, judging me in one sense about the way I was thinking back in 2012. Um, and so that's where I'm kind of. Yeah, man, I don't. I'm not. I'm not liking the way I'm folded. Yeah, I, I think even though I think of um the verse of like Ephesians four when it talks about um uh you know letting bitterness and wrath and slander be away from us and being kind to one another, tender hard hearted, forgiven as God in Christ forgave you. And yeah, so for me it was like I can't. Okay, I'm seeing this. I think this is atrocious behavior. I've never thought like this, but I can't um judge someone knowing that my own thought life though it not be public is still worth you know still worth being condemned for and yeah mm. just the feeling with dealing with others um like you're better than them there was there was a bit of a snobbery like who taught you this um and of course that's great because you know you might not be a colorist but there's, there's other sins that, that that you've that you've committed privately or publicly um that no one has condemned you for um and of course mm. our ultimate um our ultimate judge is it, still waiting for, for the unbeliever but yeah it was just another reminder of like i can't look down on someone to act as if i'm better than them not knowing it's, it's, it's just grace like if my journals were released or my thought life is released now it's a wrap for me Matt needs to just remove me from the pod um so like <laughs> yeah, why can't i why can't i like how dare i look at someone and think oh how, why would you do this um but Topper, you said something that was interesting around them um, people's inability to forgive and like what would you say are like the um the blockers that stop or the obstacles that stop people from Forgiving one another. Um, I'm tempted to say self righteousness. Um, in terms of like uh, looking at oneself, um, and then looking at the other person and judging their sin based, based upon your own righteousness, if that makes sense. Um, I think I think that's a 
that's a quick way for you to turn around and look at someone and be like, oh, um, yeah, this person's not worthy of forgiveness. And I think even like just bringing it home, um, in times where I've kind of struggled with forgiveness in my own personal life, it's because I've been looking upon the other person and thinking, how could they do that? Do you know what I mean? Or um, I, w- I would never do that. Um, and it, it really took me kind of like wrestling um, with myself and with my own thought life and realizing, no, I'm, I'm actually capable of doing that. Um, maybe I just haven't been presented with the opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think self-righteousness is a big barrier when it comes to forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think, Dami, sorry, go ahead, please. No, so I was just going to say maybe on that point, um, just uh, genuine, genuine repentance. I know I made the, I made the, the quip about you know people um, analyzing the quality of people's apologies and stuff, but I guess one of the blockers for forgiveness is, is if people actually just don't show remorse um, mm. for what they've done. And I guess look, one of the one of the um, the very clear things about the way that this whole situation has unfolded is that. Um, the words you say, the thoughts you have, um, the things you do, they have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will be aggrieved by your wrongdoing. Um, and I guess it's important for, particularly, I'm speaking particularly of believers here, because we have been given the grace to be actually to appreciate, right, this is a necessary part of forgiveness. Um, you, you think of, uh, was it the, the parable of the servant who was forgiven by his master, but mm-hmm. they didn't, didn't forgive the person um, who owed him? So he was yeah. Yeah, he was forgiven a debt by his master, but somebody who owed him he didn't forgive that debt. And um, it's only because Christians have been given the grace to see the forgiveness that they've received that they forgive others, um, that they even have that kind of perspective. But but sin has consequences, and sometimes this is a I think this is a truism that perhaps we don't always reckon with. Right? You have to you have to face the 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 consequence. And you have to yeah. deal with that, right? This this hurts people in bear with me, Mumsy's asking for my iPhone six charge. <laughs> so, <laughs> we love, y'all, we love. <laughs> um yeah, sorry, sorry. Um where was I? Um yeah, so 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 sin has consequences and, and sometimes um it's important for you know or it, it is important rather for 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 us, when we have um, wronged people or we have um, we've committed sins, for for us to kind of, in one sense, not necessarily sit in the the consequence, but you have to appreciate right that you lose. I don't know whether it's kind of certain privileges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, and and that's that is a that's a that's a result of your wrongdoing. Mm. Um, and and so yeah, I, I think that's that's the that's one of the blockers, right? If somebody is not uh, repentant um, or uh, I show demonstrating genuine remorse um, it's understandable I guess then why why uh, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be forgiven and I, and I think that's just that's more true perhaps that's more true of the of the Christian religion right if if we don't repent of our sins um, we can't be we can't claim to be believers um, that is that's foundational to the truth right if, if we're and not then rep- therefore we're, and then therefore we're not forgiven and, there, and therefore, we're not forgiving, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, I yeah. agree. So, Mary, yeah, I was just saying that I think sometimes another blocker as well is that we really want people to um, to understand pain, the pain caused. 
So a, mm. a lot of times people really want to like stew over and like, oh, you don't know like what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. And oh, that I was so sad. And so like, so you'll be talking to someone and, and they're ranting and telling you about the pain and how upset they were. And you, as much as you want to like, you know, you, you, you do want to show them that I understand and you still want to push them to forgive. And I think sometimes the, the greatest um, consolation we can receive is the fact that God, God sees our pain and like God understands our pain, but we are called to forgive. Like, you know, 77 times seven, we're always called to forgive. And, and as, as, as you guys have rightly said, like unforgiveness is, is a, a sign or can be a sign that we are not ourselves forgiven because, you know, those who mm. are forgiven much, love much. And as much as forgiveness mm. is tough, like I'm not saying that, someone slaps you you're gonna like instantly forgive them you know you're bleeding you know you might need to quickly wipe your nose and you know you might have a headache you might have to take quick take quick paracetamol but you still need to move to at least with the posture of, of wanting to forgive and then ultimately forgiven because yeah as, as those who have been forgiven in christ we, we're reminded of the fact that we've offended god so when those when others offend us we must give them the same grace that we've received in christ this is just going back to the point. I think of um, this. This is particularly, I guess, poignant for me because the conversation that we're having about you know what's the appropriate forum and um, who should be speaking. Uh, listen, I think everybody's entitled to to give their opinion, but um, the world doesn't have this framework um, to deal with kind of wrongdoing, right? Everyone's pursuing justice. Um, without understanding the basis for justice being a, a, a just God who judges rightly. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that's why it's particularly important for, for Christians um, to, in their kind of spheres of influence to be able to at least demonstrate or say to people, look, the reason why um, I saw what unfolded on whatever last week, Tuesday, or more broadly in life, like the reason why, though I've been wronged in this kind of situation, um, I can speak of forgiving that person or extending grace to that person because I myself has been a recipient of grace. I'm not expecting everybody, you know what I mean? I'm not expecting however many hundred thousand people, million people there on Black Twitter to do that. Mm. Um, because if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't know um, the, the, sorry, bear, bear me one second, Monday shouting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, if, if you yourself, um, haven't been a recipient of that or haven't understood um, the measure to which um, your, your, your forgiveness has been has been um, has been demonstrated you're just not going to be able to do it and that's why I think you know, like the Ephesians 4 scripture again was really really, really poignant you, what you saw um, last week was bitterness what you saw mm-hmm. was wrath was anger Clap, they, people were clamouring to tear people down right the slander etc um, and thank God that as a Christian, the new man means that um, while um, you know you acknowledge that sin is sin and there may be consequences for it, ultimately you can demonstrate forgiveness because you yourself um, have been forgiven. Mm. One, one, one. Okay, one question I wanted to have because I guess it's one thing to kind of talk about forgiveness uh, in the world. I was going to pivot to say like forgiveness in the church. Is there Ooh. a um... funny? It's interesting. Huh? Go on, go on. No, because I, I was thinking about this earlier in terms of like cancel culture. But go on. Let me see the train of thought, and then yeah. <laughs> Can we cancel Christians? Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Let's 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 start from there. 
<laughs> no. Do you know what? Yeah, I, 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 no, no, wait. <laughs> but that's, that's not what you're talking about. Though. We're talking about forgiveness. Are you talking about offense? No. Like one one in a local church. Wait, say that say again. again. Are you guys talking about dealing with forgiveness one to another in the local church? So let's say I, I offended Tope. Like how we would deal through that? Are you talking about a prominent figure on Twitter who's a believer, but you just decide to cancel him for one reason or another? Do you know what? We could go both ways. <laughs> okay. So I'm not really, I'm, I, I don't, um, okay, let's do it in the context of a local church first and then maybe we can okay. extend it to um, me and James. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Topper, what was your thoughts? So no, I was, I think I was, say that again? What, what were you thinking about? Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking about cancer culture within the church. Um, right. and um, I was kind of thinking about okay are there any instances within the church where we um, we kind of put someone and you probably you're probably going to see where I'm going with this but right. um, yeah we kind of put someone outside of the community um, because of something that they've done um, or said um, said okay cool um, but yeah because of something that they've done and obviously um, my mind kind of wandered to excommunication um, mm. But where I think it, it it's not direct parallels is that mm. I think it's in the area of excommunication, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, actually, um, oftentimes the person who's being excommunicated is unrepentant. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so they're being put outside of the community um, is it, to win them over in one sense, but also to protect the local church. Um, yeah. right. And I think where when we see cancel culture in society, it's sometimes it's regardless of whether you're repentant or not. Um, yeah, it can be you're repentant, but you're still cancelled. Okay, I ha- I hate your apology, but you get you got know I mean, but you're still cancelled. Yeah. And I think um, I hear people talking about um, I don't even want to mention her name on this podcast. So I know people are going to DM me, but I hear people talking about like um, Maya Jammer a lot. Um, right. And I again, she had some tweets. Um, whenever they were, um, she apologized to them again. I can't remember whether her apology was up to the Twitter standards <laughs> or not. Um, <laughs> but even when everything kind of popped off last week, she started trending again, and I was like, yeah. ah, ah, "Like, yeah. leave her alone! Like, are you like, yeah. are you guys not tired?" Um, yeah. I can't remember, I can't remember where, I, where I was going with that point, but um, yeah. So I think even when the person is repentant, there's still this kind of um, desire to put the person out um, but I think that's different within the church and I think that is because um, we recognise that we have been called to forgive in a way that um, we have been forgiven by God in Christ um, so yeah that, that, that's what I was thinking in terms of council culture in the church It's interesting because I, so as part of my um, uh, current devotions I'm going through the book of Second Corinthians and just actually on Saturday evening um, it kind of stood out to me. I, I'm probably going to say because I hadn't, I hadn't really uh, appreciated it before. There's a small part of Second Corinthians chapter two uh, where Paul encourages the church at Corinth to Corinth to forgive the sinner. I think the broader uh, context of the book is that there's been a rebellion against kind of Paul's apostleship, and there mm. are some people within the Corinthian church who are denying the legitimacy. Um, of his message and you know trying to turn 
um, the church against him. And mm. um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take too much time in kind of reading it, but I guess it's, I, I guess it helps to do so. So um, it just says, now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So mm. I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in anything. Sorry, in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not mm. ignorant of his designs. That mm. is um, 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to chapter 11. And when I was thinking through, um, just in terms of like kind of writing down uh, my notes, there are a number of kind of like observations that kind of stuck out to me when reading through this passage. And I think it was actually born out of what we had been witnessing um, over Twitter. So here's um, a kind of kind of peer into just how I was thinking about the passage. And, and do stop me at any point if you want to chime in, challenge anything. Um, so first, one of the things like you just kind of clock in the first verse, sin actually doesn't necessarily always just bring pain to the individual. Paul says, like, it's not been caused to me, but to all of you, right? So sin in the church in particular, though it could be between one person and another, it could have ramifications for a number of people. Um, mm. And sometimes the person who commits the offence doesn't actually appreciate that in the first um, instance. Um, and then you just kind of see just like a number of things. It's debilitating for that person because like Paul's saying to them, you guys should forgive him and comfort him because they may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So this is speaking about somebody who's repentant, right? They know mm. they've committed um, some wrongdoing, um, but they're so overwhelmed with the sense of guilt um, that they just don't feel, they just don't feel that they say can participate in church life as they would ordinarily um, contribute in the way that they would ordinarily. And I guess you kind of, I, in, it, Richard came to, to, to see me uh, last week Sunday and we were just kind of talking through this theme actually and just social distancing now yeah no i don't want to it was it was i was thinking it yeah but i didn't want to be a pharisee it was a park car conversation he was on the curb i just pulled my chair up i pulled my chair up right in front of the door but no just in terms of like thinking through the psalms you know david at points kind of say um uh feeling that his like lips were sealed almost in a sense just because of his wrongdoing um and, and and so there's that it's debilitating for the person it's um it discourages the, it discourages the saints right like um when particularly like you may hear that so so and so has said this or has done this it can be very very discouraging for the saints but not only that right the point about kind of satan um he he forgives in the presence of christ so that we will not be, be outwitted by satan is that is destructive mm. sin has consequences and if unforgiveness has its way it could be more destructive um, in the church potentially than the actual mm. sin itself, right? Um, mm. and so for that reason, Christians just have to be mindful at least um, that the reason why they forgive obviously is because Christ has forgiven them. So he was saying like, look, my demonstration of forgiveness to this guy is because um, I'm trying to imitate Christ who has forgiven me. Um, and, and in that sense, like that's definitely one of the ways or the way I think uh, for a person who is repentant in the church of this, and um, we should think about 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 being um, towards them, um, mm. and that, that can be difficult, particularly where you know it's talking about um, uh, comfort um, 
I, I think he even used the term, yeah, I beg you to reaffirm your love for that person, right? Mm. Wounded people may find that a struggle. That, that can actually take some time. But by God's grace, we hope at least anyway, in the context of the church, that is something that as we are growing in grace, we will be able to do. Um, so, yeah, quick quick thoughts yeah. from Second Corinthians 2. That was very helpful. That was good, man. Um, that was a word. I think... Yeah, I think something else that I, one of my favorite books in the Bible was actually um, Philemon or Philemon. And um, mm. just the whole, the narrative of just um, Paul um, pleading for Onesimus so he could be re- reconciled with, with Philemon. And of course, there's there's some sort of wrongdoing. People suggest mm. he may have stolen from, from Philemon or he could have, you know, wronged him in one way or another. But, you know, one, Onesimus becomes a Christian with Paul and he sends him back to Philemon. And, and one of the verses I love is when he talks along the lines of like, uh, you know, being confident of you, that like he's he's begging um, Philemon to forgive him. You know, for, forgive a brother. I know he's offended you, but forgive him. You know, restore restore him to you. He's now a gospel partner with you. Um, refresh him. Refre- you know, refresh my heart. And I I think it's it's difficult. And I and I and I know that when people are offended, I'm I'm not talking about someone slaps you or someone takes your last sweet. I'm talking about like deep offenses. But as, as mm. believers, we always have to be um, gospel minded and reminded of the fact that yeah, we we have to forgive like forgiveness is something that as Dami has mentioned before is it, so pivotal to the gospel and reconciliation as well like I know people want to say that yeah no nah, forgive her but like delete my number in it man you're blocked like I don't want to talk to you <laughs> nah, like, <laughs> I think forgiveness and reconciliation however you want to like flesh it out is is closely connected I think that you know it, one mm. comes with another you can't forgive someone and not want to be reconciled to them so so mm. I, I think yeah we, we have to be those who love the message of forgiveness love the message of reconciliation mm. because it's at the heart of the gospel yeah i think i additionally like we recognize um that it's costly as well like as you were saying like it's not easy it's not like ah, mm. uh, let me just forgive this person and it's a it's an oven and that thing it's costly and i think when we look um at the way in which god has forgiven us in christ his forgiveness that he's, he's given to us has been costly as well like it cost him his only begotten son um, and so obviously, like forgiveness among us on a horizontal level um, is going to be costly as well. Um, so it's not just something that we're um, flippantly given up. Um, I think I think it's useful when we reckon with um, how God has forgiven us first and then use that as a motivation for us to forgive one another. Sure, for sure. Um, so that means that I can't I can't cancel. Um... No. No, and I think another thing as um, well that no another thing as well. But what, okay, hold on, hold on. What do you what do you mean by what do you mean by cancel? Um, I mean listen, look, okay, um what do I mean by cancel? That's a good question. Um there's there's nobody uh public disclaimer, there's nobody uh within within the within the church that I've I've sought to cancel. Um but I definitely know that there's been times where we felt aggrieved um by not necessarily people in our local church. Um but you just kind of you're dealing with kind of Christians who who aren't in kind of like you know direct um uh what's the communication with you mm-hmm. right apart from like social media back and forth but we've experienced I feel and, and I say this regularly when I'm on the podcast just in terms of like observing the way that sometimes Christians go back and forth in the last where would I put it say two or three years um yeah. some real uh social distancing <laughs> Um, take place um, within within the church, and um, I, like I, I I don't know if um, 
you know, unforgiveness is necessarily at the root of all of these, of the positions that people have taken. I don't want to necessarily speculate and, you know, attribute that to, to anybody. Because some, sometimes, right, people just feel passionate, very passionately um, about a position that their opponent holds being wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there definitely has to be kind of, you know, space for, I think, as Paul calls it, sharp dissension. Um, but, yeah, look, I don't think there's anything I'm going to be able to say that allows me to... So do you guys think that there's any any context where it's okay for someone to be cancelled? Um, and by cancelled, I'm, 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 I'm not speaking specific, specifically in, in, inside of a local church. I'm kind of taking it back to um, more like the public domain. Yeah, I don't, I don't think council is the right word, especially in terms of right. what Amy's referring to as well. Like, I think that if there was like a, a prominent Christian influencer and yeah, you just don't agree with their views, you don't think they're sinning, you, ha- you harbour no resentment to them, you ha- harbour no ill will, you just, you can mute them. Like, you, I don't think that's oh. sinful to refuse to engage with someone. It's not because I'm not. It's not. I'm saying oh, I'm not going to engage with Mister Mister Michael because I hate him or I want him to die. But I love him. Like he's a brother. You know, he affirms the gospel. He's. But I. I just don't want to engage with him. I don't. I don't think that's sinful. Um, I might be wrong. Uh, I, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. To say that you don't want to engage with someone. They don't. You don't yeah, know. You, uh-huh. you don't, they don't go to your church. They don't live around the corner from you. You don't see them day to day. They live five thousand miles from you, or maybe they live couple stations away from me but you don't there, there's no day-to-day relationship so why do i need to i don't need to follow you on twitter and see your tweets yeah i guess in, in my mind i'm thinking more again when i say public domain um I, to be fair i don't think many um figures have been successfully cancelled um so I, when i was even when i was thinking about it, i was thinking okay who in um, society have we tried Robert. to cancel uh, the only person I can think of is Mr. Robert. Um, yeah, I think he's the only one. And yeah, so I, I think, okay, what what should the Christian's perspective be in that instance? Okay, because cancelling is essentially withdrawing um, your support for these celebrities or even sometimes uh, companies, as we saw with H&M. Mm. So yeah, what, what does cancelling look like in cases like Robert Kelly? That's a tough one. Um, really tough one. That is I was about to, uh, yeah, I was about to probably say something that is just completely unnecessary. I'm assuming what it wouldn't be um, listening to his music, but that's conscience. You know? <laughs> um, I was just about to say if if NS10 if NS10 V10 did a clash at Robert Kelly, just know I'm ten for the other person. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. And you're moving know, every time they. That won't happen anyway, but every time they play this yeah. song, you just mute you just mute the song. Yeah. No, um, um, that, so that's, would you not would you not say that's a form of cancelling? Yeah. Or would, would you I just would, call yeah. that something else? I yeah, think it, it, cancelling. Yeah, it probably is. Um so maybe what, maybe it kind of reveals that cancelling has degrees, right? Um, yeah, I yeah. Think that is, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and so like I'm no, trying to I, I guess I'm trying to understand why is it justified um in in his case, mm. um, but then in others, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're having this conversation around um, forgiveness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think here, here's the here's the um, I think here's the the thing. I don't think, um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. 
in our in our individual consciences, no, I shouldn't speak for your consciences. Um, to me, I think I don't think cancelling, for example, um, an R. Kelly um, means like publicly disparaging him, yeah, calling for uh, boycotts of his music, of his, um, you know, wanting to see him behind bars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I would I would hope that justice takes its course, and whichever the whatever the appropriate channels for that uh, being meted out are, they do that. I think it, from this perspective, it just means a lack of engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully not demonstrating kind of bitterness or malice uh, towards him in that regard. But again, I think it comes back to, in a real sense, I guess maybe the, the severity of the allegations, charges, sins that are, are, are on display. There is no sin great enough um, to, to um, disbar us from forgiveness from God. Right, so let's just get that straight on the table. There's nothing that mm. any of us um, um, could do, I guess, again, um, apart from blessing the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, interpretations of what that means may differ between people, but I, I just certainly mean that just to mean rejecting God's grace um, in Jesus Christ. Um, I, I would think that because of the nature of the the things that. Um, he's been accused of that makes it very 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 difficult for people to to um not cancel him mm-hmm. um, so I, yeah i wouldn't i perhaps wouldn't call it cancelling mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it would just be almost kind of the same withdrawing um which i think as mary has said previously is is permissible um for believers um yeah yeah, yeah and i'm even thinking of um i think it's tough but and I don't think he's actually repentant as well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he hasn't been found guilty, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 tougher to deal with when people aren't repentant because you wonder if you need to forgive them. Um, um, I'm I'm not saying that that people always have to to ask to say sorry before you forgive them, but I think that does naturally follow that if someone does apologize or ask for forgiveness, then you forgive. Um, and I think that does link into. So he's going to cut me off. Cut me off. Yeah, I mean, go on. Sorry, mate. I, I was actually going to say, yeah, you actually, you, I think you, you do, do need to ask for forgiveness. No, I agree. But I think there are times that you might forgive someone, but they never said sorry. So you, you might overlook an offence, for example. And let's say someone was to offend you, but, mm. but they, yeah, they, they didn't say sorry. You might just, ah, I forgive you anyway. But, you, but they, they never said sorry. But in your heart, you know that, ah, I dash you. Um, but I, I do think in all cases you, the person must say sorry before you forgive them, um, and I think that does lend itself to, to to the to refusing to engage with R. Kelly because you you wonder if he's actually if he's actually cognizant of what of the evil he's done uh, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's different if someone is now saying you know I said these tweets or I did this horrible crime, but I'm actually very apologetic. That's that's a different conversation. So if he dare, right. yeah. might be called to forgive him and possibly engage with his his content or whatever he's saying. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I agree. I think I was just I I um I I, f- I felt like it was important to provide a framework because obviously we're sitting there talking about cancel culture. Mm. Um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest instances. Um, like when you think about people that have been cancelled or people that need to be quote unquote cancelled. Um, there's no denying that R. Kelly is probably at the top of a lot of people's lists. 
Um, and so um, I think, yeah, I, I was just trying to flesh out, okay, is it okay with him? If if so, why is it okay? If not, why is it not okay? Um, but yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, certainly, certainly I think the distinction you made with it between it being in the kind of like the public sphere and the church is an important one. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, look, um, in in the context of a church, perhaps some of the allegations that are leveled against him, um, that's an even perhaps more uh, tricky situation because we have this uh, this tension between needing to be forgiving, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you, you uh, need to be particularly close, right? You you offer forgiveness and still demonstrate wisdom. Um, but I think even in his in his circumstance, right? Um, if he was in the context of the church, he would be put out of the church. Oh yeah, you know for, I mean? sure. for sure. Yeah, right. and so in one sense, even within the local church body, um, yeah. if people want to frame it like this, um, he would be cancelled. But we're just saying, okay, he would be excommunicated, right, particularly right. because he's unrepentant and the way he's been moving um, has been so brazen. But um, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to clarify that point. And, right. um, yeah. yeah, so I guess the point for me would just be then for the person who, uh, even with the most grievous sin, is genuinely repentant. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm we can still demonstrate wisdom in meeting out that forgiveness, right? So yeah. you know, a person steals collecting money for the for the church during like offering time. You come to know that they've been, you know, pillaging some of the peas. You might not have you you pretty sure won't have them doing that kind of, you know, um, even if they're repentant of it maybe. Um yeah. may do. But perhaps if it's like a repeated behaviour in which um, it, it makes you more cautious to not do that. You know, there's still wisdom to be meted out with, with the way that yeah. uh, you demonstrate forgiveness. Um, what was was there an, um, any concluding thoughts? Any because um, I don't know if you man are going to hear Usher the CB. Stupid. Let me say, get off my line. <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm actually joking. I'm come to talk. I'm just thinking. Are there any other kind of questions, points you want to cover? Mm, not no. No, not for me. I think I think one thing I will say is that um, I think forgiveness is so countercultural, and I think yeah, the, the the Christian in the way we forgive really does reflect uh, the the heart of the gospel. Not of course, the gospel is is Christ uh, dying for our sins so that we may be reconciled to God. Um, but yeah, but forgiveness is is a part of it. God is able to forgive us based on the, on the work of Christ. So as Christians, forgiveness is is an area that I think we need to to do more uh, and to show more. Just because, yeah, it, it reflects the fact that we ourselves have been forgiven. So as, as much as we mm. fight against it, and, and, and it goes against everything in our natural body, at times we still need to to press on for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with Mary. Um, I think particularly for the church, um, forgiveness is something that we probably just need to um, study up on um, a, a bit more to understand um, actually what it is. Um, because I think oftentimes in like the public sphere, it can be um, framed as almost, um, you know, uh, ceasing from like resentment or bitterness um and so the the chat sometimes can be oh you need to forgive yourself or etc etc or at times it can be oh you need to forgive god um but for me that kind of shows that the way we've kind of understood forgiveness um in church and in society um hasn't been according to the scriptures and so i think yeah we just need to 
uh, get back to what the word says um, regarding forgiveness. And also a small plug, um, a book that I read on forgiveness, which I found to be extremely helpful in unpacking this, was called, um, or is called rather, um, Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Braunz, I think. Um, and I think that's just a helpful um, exposition on understanding what forgiveness looks like from God, understanding how that relates to us horizontally, so from person to person, um, and then also dealing with like some of the difficult questions um, in terms of more serious offences. Um, and so, yeah, that small plug, if anyone wants to go by that. Um, sounds like a, a good place to end the pod. <laughs> Tammy really wants to go and listen to Osha. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. No, here's the thing. I was gonna ask, right? Um, when people say you need to forgive yourself, but I was just like, is this an entirely different conversation? Um, I think it is. You know, I used to be against the, the, that that sentence, but I think I, I sometimes I get what I get what they're trying to say. I just don't know if forgive is the right word, but I, I get it. I get the heart of it anyway. Right. What do, you, what do you think people mean by forgive yourself? I think it's it's um, the way you view yourself, usually through the lens of condemnation, um, shame, and, yeah, feeling like you're not good enough, so feeling very unworthy. So having a, a correct view of the fact that you are redeemable, not in the, if I prop myself up, but actually if God has actually forgiven me, um, then right. why won't I extend the grace that he's given to me, given to me to myself? Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's what they're trying to say. Because um, I think right. sometimes people see, they hear the message of the gospel and they, they see God's character and, and they believe all these things to be true, but they're still kind of overwhelmed by their own view of themselves. Like they don't actually you know, take, take the, 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 the free gift of the gospel and, and bring it internally. Um, mm. So I think, I think that's what they're saying. Um, but I think my issue is that if that is what they're saying, I get it. But I think sometimes it's more of a, um, you know, I, I did this, but I, I had to forgive myself. It, it's almost a problem of problem of self. But in most most times I've heard it, it it's it's always been the, con- the condemnation and, and the worthlessness that I think a lot of Christians actually um, wrestle with. So we're, we're we're forgiven, but we still feel unforgiven. If you get what I mean, is that mm. is that what you is that what you think when you think of the question? I mean, think of. Yeah, forgiving myself. Yeah, I would, I would, I would think so. Um, yeah, just kind of dealing with uh, the aftermath of, of particular sins and the guilt and shame that can be attached to them. Um, I think I read a helpful um, devotional um, by R.C. Sproul just on the topic of forgiveness. Um, and in one sense, he kind of tried to warn Christians against um, kind of arrogance. When the scriptures speak about uh, we have a God who is faithful and just to forgive us um, if we confess our sins, um, that that is the the bottom line, right? Um, it goes no further than that. So for you to almost, in one sense, yes, you, you can lament your sin, but for you to almost kind of reject that that kind of fundamental statement about about confession and repentance that you are forgiven. Um, R.C. Spoil kind of framed it in a kind of smacks of arrogance, right? That, oh, my sin must be so great that God can't forgive me because of it. Um, and, and yeah, I think people deal with um, kind of uh, consequences of sin, etc., and 
um, they feel the pain of their sin. Um, and so that makes it difficult. Um, but yeah, don't believe what the scripture says ultimately um, about um, confessing confessing sin and, and, and God being faithful and righteous to forgive us um, and cleanse mm. us from all unrighteousness. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think the context in which I've maybe heard it more is probably outside of Christian circles. Right. Um, and so I think in that instance, you, you, when any time that I've kind of personally felt um, maybe condemned or been um, riddled with guilt and shame about my own sin, um, I get the sense of kind of forgiving yourself. But I think it's more recognizing the forgiveness, as Mary was saying, um, and the grace that has been offered to me um, by God in Christ. Um, mm. and so if, if that's what people mean by forgive yourself, then yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with it. Maybe the, 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 the terminology isn't as, as helpful. Yeah. But I think I've, I've mainly heard it outside of Christian circles. Um, and that's made me wonder, okay, what, what do you actually mean by forgiveness? Um, mm. and so, yeah. Sammy, you're mad quiet. I don't know. <laughs> Dramatic no, sorry, sorry. Do you know what? But just listen, this is, this is the, the ridiculousness of, um, of quarantine that at quarter past nine, sorry, I can receive a work email to do something. Oh, wow. Um, so so your, your soul was rattled. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, honestly, hearty amen to what has been said, but it's just like, like really? Um, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, bro. I think that is a good way to go, especially because I just can't eat as well. <laughs> really good conversation actually you guys had me thinking boy um so yeah um let's let's be countercultural in, in how we approach it forgiveness and and um yeah bye yeah people stay safe um social distance and clap for what do you think it's be over? I, bro i don't think social distancing i don't think is is over for Wow. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think, I think the lockdown might ease up, but in terms of social distancing, I, I just, and you know, I'm actually starting to get annoyed by how people are walking past each other in the street. I'm not gonna lie, like, but my sinful self nearly tripped up one lady because she was jarring me. Like, well, just walk, man. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think social distancing is up for a long time. Um, oh. which is a bit sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about how our um how life after this um will be will be changed. Yeah, completely um, different, man. I for one am particularly hoping that it doesn't require us to be in the office. Facts. Um, five days a week. <laughs> we don't need to go. We don't, we can do we it. We can work we without. We can stay at home. Um, although although it does kind of present some challenges. I don't know if you guys found this with work and stuff. But I was getting to a point, particularly in April, where it's just kind of like, right, I'm finishing work so late, and the only place I can go is upstairs. <laughs> this is wild. Like, it's wild. <laughs> oh. This is wild. Yeah, it, 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 it remains. It remains to be seen. In this time, be yeah, be. Um, please also check out. I guess we might as well do this while we're on here. Blabberia.com. A um, couple new articles have dropped. We've dropped uh, a new video recently on why Christians should pray. And definitely want to encourage you guys to be praying at this point in time. Um, it, w- it will help you just in terms of keeping your trust in God firm. Um, yeah. Anything else? Nah, man. Mm. Nah, man. I think that's it, right. man. Me too. I'm hungry, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye, y'all. <laughs> right, cool. Bye. I take it easy.